0: Hi. Welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Worship. Everybody say worship. I think I've got this let me before I get started like I said I think this is I think this might be my last message for a little bit about the worship praise sound thing but But don't hold me to it because, you know, God does stuff during the week. Hallelujah. But I want to say again before I get started, again, I like the offering, the thing that Julie mentioned about, remember I've said this every week for several weeks now because, you know, I have to be obedient. I have to be honest or truthful, whatever the term is, to what God has put in my heart. And like I said, he literally, literally, you know, pushed me and prodded me and prompted me about. He said, you must begin to speak faith. He said, I can only work with you as you obey my instructions, right? Right? I mean, he gives us ways to live. But he said, you must not be afraid of money. He said, I have said over and over in my word, you live in my household. I am not a God of lack. There are no lack of resources in my house. You must begin to see it so that you can have it. But he said, you must begin to decree, declare, pronounce over your people that this is a house of abundance, that this is a house of abundance. And I really want you to catch it. This has nothing to, listen, this has nothing to do with greed, This has nothing to do with wanting to heap treasures upon ourselves. That's where so many make the error. It's the classic error throughout history. But what I had to understand, you know, when you're in a position of leadership in the church, the overall church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, it is a huge responsibility. Like I said, I'm a student of this book, and I know what God says to me, about being the shepherd of people's souls. It is a huge deal, and we are held in so much more, we're looked at so much more critical, maybe is the wrong word, but you know, he really, really wants to be sure that shepherds are doing the right thing, to say the least. I'm not trying to pat me on the back, but what I'm getting at is this, this thing about the wandering minstrels again. You know, this is part of our assignment. If you don't know what I mean by that, you should go back about two or three weeks. I don't remember the name of the podcast, but it's when David Powell had this, this vision thing that I read out. And then Julie, we took hers from 23 years before, talking about this issue of gathering the wandering minstrels and so on. I've said this every time, and I'm going to continue to say it because I want you to hear it. We're going to preach the whole gospel of Jesus Christ Do not fear that. We're going to preach the whole gospel because that's what God has anointed me to do. But part of the uniqueness of our assignment, we can't help, I'm not going to run away from it, is this thing about the music, about the worship, about the sound. That's why God is so revealing to us more and more of this tabernacle of David thing. And I really pray if you haven't listened to those messages, well, even if you go back and listen to them again, it's critically important that you catch this. Because, again, this is, I did not ask for this. Julie didn't ask for this. This is an assignment that God has put upon us. I need you to receive that. I, I really do for us to really become what we're supposed to be, for you to become what God wants you to become. The Bible says, planted in the house of the Lord, you'll flourish. And this is why I need our people to actually plant themselves here if you consider yourself a member and you take hold of the vision with us you need to plant yourself here because you will flourish I said you will flourish have no doubt this is not speaking boastfully about man's flesh I'm talking about what God has promised I don't care how many others have quote-unquote tried it and it has not worked that's not the way it's going to be here I tell you, it's not going to be like that. Here, we are going to see the God of abundance. And I'm telling you without, I hope I I can say it with humility. I'm praying every day. I call most of you by name. I don't know a lot of you. I think I said this last week too. And I'm not trying to get patted on the back for that. But I mean, God's got me really releasing my faith and calling your name before him and asking his mighty blessing, his mighty hand to be upon your life. Why? Because all of it's part of fulfilling this assignment. This is, listen, when God gives you an assignment, if God's actually given it to you, he will always equip you to carry out that assignment. Otherwise, he would be unjust. But our Father is not unjust. So he knows to fulfill this vision to bring in hundreds, let's say, of musicians and singers, to redeem them, get them off the streets, get them into a place where they feel like they have a mother and a father, not just Julie and I, but I'm talking about like other the elders in the church and others and David and Emmanuel and, and Angela and what have you. But to do that, guess what? Money has to come. Now, don't faint. <laughs> I just want you to see, All I you see the issue is, I'm not supposed to worry where the money is going to come from. All he has asked us to do is believe. He said, this is the work. What should we do that we might inherit and receive eternal life? And Jesus turned to him and said, the work of God is that you believe. Don't strive. The servant of the Lord must not strive. And all these years, I finally caught it. Hallelujah. God, help me. It's not my job to figure out where the money's going to come. I'm not asking you. I'm not putting pressure on you. I just want you to get into faith with us and say, Father, I see that what is needed is a building because we're going to have to have the room, not only for the church services, but we need this room for our creche. We want to take care of our babies. We want to see them nurtured. We have to have a good room for our children, but Tommy does such a good job. We have to have a room for youth. I want, to see our youth uh, I want to see our youth with their own instruments, with their own youth group, with their own youth band, you know what I mean? And we desperately, we will, and we're gonna to have to have one or two quality studios so that our musicians, what have you, can do what they do so that we can, so that they can begin to stretch and let the Spirit of God birth so much greater creativity in them that it's just going to be mind-blowing to the city and to the planet. But I'm just saying, all of that just simply takes stuff called money. And you got to remember, do you think God's moved by money? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's the old truth, streets of gold and all. But I mean, honestly, that's really finally, finally come home to me. As long as you're fearful in any form about money, that will have a grip on you that's going to hinder your future, whether you have it or you don't have it. You have to make sure, you have to get to the place where you finally realize it's simply a tool. And you have to really, really begin to comprehend, my God, my father, I live in his house, of course he will meet all my needs. I I said, of course he will. Something has to transition. It has to click the renewal of the mind where we can actually just say it and not it be a confession, but a realization. My Father knows what I need before I ask. Hallelujah. And he's the giver of every good and perfect work. So I say all that again to say this is why I continue to pray over... The, Pray abundance over you because that's just who our God is. Right? There's no abundance. See, not just money. Remember, abundance of wisdom. So you know what to do. So you'll have divinely directed. Abundance of favor. Where other people don't have favor, you're favored. Doors open for you that do not open for other people. All of that's just part of what God does for his kids. But we have to receive that. I'm receiving our inheritance at the name of Jesus right now. And I'm doing my utmost to receive it for you. Honest to God, as I sit here, I'm telling you, I'm asking God to overwhelm you individually and your families with blessing. I don't care what your career is, what you do. I don't care what the situation is. I'm telling you, God really does want to show off in you now. He really does. And again, like I was reading even yesterday, whatever my devotions were yesterday, over and over again. Oh, that's right. When I, I read Matthew and Luke and Mark yesterday morning. And um, after I finished the Old Testament. Sorry, I'm just singing along. But all through there, when Jesus healed somebody, it says they were healed and all the people recognized God. He healed the dumb man. All the, and the people recognized God. See, when you actually have that, I don't want money. For a new car. Now, I'm going to, I need a new car, so I'm going to have a new car, too. So whether you like that or not, I'm going to have a new car soon. I'm not stressing, though. It's just going to come. I don't know how, but I don't care. It's not my job. My job is to bleed. Because it's a need now. It's not a, not a lust thing. Anyhow, I know that God wants us to have this building and have this stuff. So I'm just saying you have to just simply get to that place where you realize, you know what? I am. I am gonna just say thank you, 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 Father. All my needs are met. I will not fret, I will not worry, I will not let I will not let anxiety rule my heart in the name because he's for me and he's for you. Anyhow. I could preach all morning about that, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Anyhow, so I just I just want you to really hear what we're saying. There's nothing here about greed, but I'm telling you, you need to start speaking to money and telling it to come. Did you hear me? You need to start speaking to it and telling it to come. And you know what? None of you are good enough to deserve it, so just forget about that. I said forget about that. This is the grace that we live in right now. He does not hold our iniquities against us. His transgressions have been swallowed up in the grace of Jesus Christ. Now, don't misunderstand. You can't go out there and act stupid, act dumb, and just sin willfully and expect the blessings of God. Nobody said that. But I got to tell you, just like the song like David is playing at their end, I'm telling you, it is by the mercies of the Lord that we're not consumed. Because His compassion fails not They're new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. So right now, we're going to learn more and more of how to be faithful on our end to obey the instructions that always lead God's people into victory, that always lead us into triumph. I've I've bet my life on this book being true. And I'm telling you, you know, He's done mighty things in my life. And, um, Nobody can tell me it's not true because it's too late for me. <laughs> I've already seen what God has done. But what he's going to do is what keeps me in a state of utter excitement. I really am. I really am. And I, 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 I'm going to say this again, too, and I always hesitate because I'm fearful in the natural. I shouldn't say that, but are people misunderstanding what I'm saying? But, you know, as I was taught by my ministers all those years ago about ministry... And they used to say this thing, Dr. Cole used to say it, Kenneth Hagin used to say it, and it used to scare me. He said, you know, the thing about being a leader is this, is what's on you will flow down to the people. Now, that's frightening. That's why you better have a clean spirit. I remember them saying it over and over again. You need, a, you need to make sure your spirit is pure. Your spirit is clean. You need to make sure that that's part of it because water does flow downhill. Now, I'm saying that. To you, but see, many of you one day are going to be "quote unquote" in a position of authority. Maybe you already are, and when you actually understand this stuff, the responsibility strikes you—at least it should. There should be an incredible humility, not an arrogance, but a humility come that says, "Oh God, please help me to be a servant. Help me to reflect." That's the statement I make all the time. Now, may. Help me, help us reflect Jesus. And that means when I walk in the room, compassion is supposed to walk in. Love is supposed to walk in. Mercy is supposed to walk in. Truth, that's who he is. But see, he's in me. But see, that's what what it is with you too. Every time you walk in a room, you need to become cognizant. You need to think with that awareness. When I walk in, Compassion walks in. Love walks in. Mercy, patience walks in. Because we're here to be a blessing more than to be blessed, right? The whole key is that you really have that in the right priorities. God said, I have blessed you that you might be a blessing. So when you really, really capture that, I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to be a blessing. That means it's not to be consumed on me. I'm going to be blessed in Jesus' name. I want it more than, a, you know, it, just about anything on earth because I finally understood. That's how I get to bless you. Hallelujah. Honestly, I'm not trying to sound like Jesse Duplantis or whosoever I can. I don't know who. But I'm looking forward to, you know, writing checks for 10,000 pounds and 20,000, who knows how money. But like I said, I am not afraid of millionaires, and we are going to have millionaires in this church. Some of you, I guarantee it before Almighty God, there's a few of you that are going to be multimillionaires. He's going to give you knowledge of witty inventions. You're going to find out how to do something old in a brand new way. He is beyond our comprehension as far as there's his creativity is endless. He is a limitless God. He's outside of space and time. He could care He just loves it when somebody believes him. He loves I mean, he just goes, wow, somebody believes me. Uh, uh, let's, let's just throw a shower on him. You know, just just because, again, gold don't mean zip to God. Hallelujah. But see, that somehow so we've got to get moved away from our only like this God I need a keyboard God I need new drumsticks God I need that it's you have to get because those are actually fearful type prayers see it's when you seek him all the other stuff is dealt with that's why our worship I tell you uh, God father I give you thanks for this morning I ask again, in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you are the teacher of the church. Would you please touch my mouth? Would you fill my mouth? May I say what you want me to say? Would you please collate this information, these scriptures? Would you actually help us to see what you're actually saying? You're huge, almighty God. You're so gigantic. You're so bigger. Forgive us for somehow, for some way, we, we just think this stuff is small. This is not a small thing we're involved in. We're involved with the very creator of all the heavens, the galaxies, everything, planets, cosmos. And here we are down here, and this is why David said, What is man? When I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers, what is man that you're mindful of him? Yet... You made us in your likeness and in your image, and you want us, it says in Psalms, we are to be little gods. Hallelujah. And I will not be afraid of that statement. You, Jesus said, I have given you, behold, I give you authority. I give you authority. I give you authority. I give you now that believe authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing shall by any means harm you. You will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. You will preach liberty. All of that, that's, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. That's just what we're supposed to do. I said that's just what we're supposed to do. Not just me, you. Amen? And we, you, And suddenly, like I said, see, this spirit of what God is doing in me, I said all that stuff about water rolling down this spirit whatever he's doing on me i'm super excited it's gonna roll on you and i say that incredibly i try i'm trying to be humble i really i mean i don't want inevitably somebody takes what you say wrong and that's not my heart but i mean even this thing like i just suddenly stopped i think friday morning and I suddenly realized I'm reading right now, almost every morning, I'm reading about five hours a day. Five hour, I mean, my first five hours are in the book. And boy, it sounds like I'm boasting, doesn't it? I read the Bible for five hours almost every morning. You can ask my wife every morning, 8.30 to 12.30 or 1.00, I stop. Not because I'm trying. It's just become a joy. And I'm telling you, I know you cannot be that much in God's Word with that stuff not doing something in you. Ramas are coming. But I'm saying this, in Jesus' name, is going to get on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know some people will misunderstand. They'll say something. They'll think I'm being whatever. But you need to know my heart. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we're in the beginning of something incredible. He prepares a place for us. And we walk in His instruction. And I'm going to share some things here in a minute, some scientific stuff. Julie reintroduced me a few weeks ago to Dr. Caroline Leaf, you know, the woman. Oh, my God, you know. I watched about, what, 10 of her videos during the last week. and uh, But I watched this one two days ago, and she had, the title was Worship and the Brain. What actually happens, what science has proven, is she's a neuroscientist. She works with some of the foremost brain science people in the entire world. She's one of the foremost lecturers, speakers. She's the one who teaches other physicians. She's the one who teaches all this stuff. And she's just full of the spirit of God. But But before I share a couple of things about what happens when you sing, can I just give you one thing first before I get to it to just crack me up? You know, right now, if you put your hand on your heart or on your neck or something, you can feel your heartbeat, right? Can you do that? Can you feel your heartbeat somewhere? Well, hopefully you're alive. But you know, they have science because they've done all these experiments. You'd have to listen. Listen to this. David, check this out. Did you know that your heartbeat, all of our hearts are beating at a different rate or right now because we're different. We're at different time, parts in this time? But do you know what happens when we begin to sing? You know what's something they found out about singing? The moment we begin to sing, every individual heart begins to beat at the same time. In unison. Is that a trip or what? God, but see, you've got to remember, when I get in there, remember, God designed us. Right? God designed us. And see... I love what she says, you know, science, many scientists think they're God, but no, science, God made science and God has called people now to begin to discover how God works because they're discovering the science of the brain, the science of things. But they realize God made everything, Colossians 115, everything that was made, it all came from, God's the author of everything. So, any discovery in science that they're making is they're just discovering the way God did something. Anyhow, please turn to Psalm 107. I'm going to read the entire psalm. This this is another message about the strength of worship and praise and what God sees. Now, this begins like in the Amphitheater say, Book 5. This is the fifth, as it were, juncture of all the book of psalms and this is where uh in this psalm right here is definitely a psalm of david and it's got such strength to it i studied this out in two commentaries and i think two or three different hebrew lexicons and what it's well, let me just begin to read this is a great psalm i just, i love it i love the word amen oh give thanks to the lord why don't you do that In a minute, I'm going to share with you what happens when you say thank you. Oh, give thanks. Because we read this stuff all the time, but we don't understand what happens in the brain when you say thank you. It's blowing my mind. No, it's not blowing my mind. (laughs) It's blowing my mind in the right direction. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. Now, again, we just sometimes say that like a cliche. But I'm going to say this, maybe every service for the next 30 years, I don't know. This statement is a key to victory. Evidently, it's all through Scripture when God gets His people making this declaration over warfare, over their life, over their families, over your life, over your career. I'm telling you, it's right there. All we've got to do is put it in our mouth. Thank you, Father. Close your eyes, tie it at home, and say, "Thank you, Father. You are good, and your loving kindness." I got two or three pages full of text about what Hasid loving kindness actually means. It's gigantic. It's a central statement of all Hebrew theology. We, I thank you, God, because you are good, and your loving kindness and your mercy endures forever. The moment you speak that from your heart, something unzips. Stuff begins to go. Bad darkness goes. Light begins to come. It's a trip. Anyway, i got to keep reading. Well, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has, past tense, delivered from the hand of the adversary, and he's gathered them, Out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the Red Sea in the south. Now, verse four starts with the word "some." Right? You're gonna. This word now is when you study the psalm and you study the writing of it. This is an entire like story. This was taught to their children. This was to be. It was. It's called a didactic psalm. D-I-D-A-C-T-I-C. Didactic. Didactulos is the Greek word for teaching. Just means to teach. This was something they would sing constantly over their children because children learn songs pretty quick. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has delivered from the hand of the adversary and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the Red Sea. Verse 4, some wandered in the wilderness. And he's going to talk about like four places about where people find themselves in trouble. And then he's going to show the solution over and over again some wandered in the wilderness in a solitary desert track they found no city for habitation hungry and thirsty they fainted their lives were near to being extinguished but then everybody say then they cried to the lord in their trouble and what did he do and he delivered them out of their distresses. Now this is said over and over again. See, this is—it's all a chain. He led them forth by the straight and right way, that they might go to a city where they could establish their homes. Then verse eight. And this is the statement—it's all through the book—that it says in the commentaries, it says in the lexicons—is the strength. It actually—it says this phrase, this scripture, this thing they say about oh that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with good. Amen? But what it's saying is, when, if we would praise the Lord, if we would give thanks to the Lord, we would not find ourselves wandering in these solitary places. In other words, everything that was wrong is rectified, made okay, made correct. If we would just understand, oh, he's going, oh, that means when are we going to see it? Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord and give thanks because for his goodness and his loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with good. Verse 10, some, now he goes to another group. Some sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and in irons because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel. In other words, you just simply refuse to obey some of the instruction that he puts there for our good. And they spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he bowed down their hearts with hard labor. They stumbled and fell down, and there was nothing to help. But then, guess what they do again? Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what does he do? What he always does, what he always did when people truly returned to his name. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of the distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke apart the bonds that held them. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and his loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men, for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bar- bars of iron apart. Hallelujah! Anybody still listening for a little bit? Seriously. Oh, dead men would praise the Lord. We still, we're going to get it. <laughs> we're gonna. We're going to get the revelation of what happens when we actually. Praise him, recognize him, honor him with our mouth and with our eye. We're going to see what it does. And it's incredible, like I said, this Caroline Leaf, what happens in the physical, how God made the brain to actually, your mind is not, she goes, always does this. Remember, your brain and your mind are two different things. Your brain, she's, I'm quoting her, I give her all the honor for all this stuff. Her brain, your, our brains are three she said, you know our brain is three and a half pounds of flesh, but your mind is your will, is your emotion, is your intellect. And she said twenty some years ago it upset everybody because God showed her something that you, that with the mind you can physically change the brain. and everybody said that's crazy, no way. But now science has absolutely proven that what you think causes physical, physical stuff to change in your brain. It, it knocks out defect. It puts in success. It's, it's, yeah. damn. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and his loving kindness. I wish, you know, and, and, and wonderful works. For he's broken the gates of bronze, cut Verse 17, here's another group. Some are fools. They're made ill because of the way of their transgressions. And they're afflicted because of their iniquities. They loathe every kind of food. They draw near to the gates of death. But then they cry to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivers them out of their distresses. He sends forth his word and heals them. And rescues them from the pit in destruction, oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and his loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and listen, and rehearse his deeds with what? What? Rehearse his deeds with shouts of joy and singing. These aren't just clever little words about happy people. God, help us. God designed our brain, designed us, designed our bodies. He designed us. Hell's job has been to detour us, get us away, get us out of sync. But God's word, again, as we come to it and begin to rehearse it, understand it, obey it, we once again become synchronized to the spirit realm where God dwells and blessing is just the natural natural aspect of being in that realm oh that men would praise the Lord 23 some another group some go down to the sea and travel over it in ships to do to do business in great waters these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and he raises up the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. Those aboard mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the deeps. Their courage melts away because of their plight. They reel to and fro and they they stagger like a drunken man and they're at their wit's end and all their wisdom has come to nothing. But then they do what? They cry to the Lord in their trouble. And he says, forget it, not this time right no but this is what see you've got to have faith you need to see this happen then they cried to the lord in their trouble and he brings them out of the distresses he hushes the storm in your life to a calm and to a gentle whisper so that the waves of the sea are still then the men are glad because of the calm and he brings them to their desired haven oh that men would praise and confess to the lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Hallelujah. And then he finishes the whole psalm with these wonderful words here. And it says that there's like a a pause. It doesn't show it here, like a sea law, but there's a pause when you study this. And then the rest of it is a whole nother. It's the closing of the teaching that's being sung over the children. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people. That's where we are, right? Exalt him. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness. You know, see, you read, I've read this so many times over the years, but suddenly you begin to see, you begin to realize, you know, if like there were times, say at least, I was in a wilderness I was in a wilderness season. You know what I mean? Nothing happening, all dry, barren. But suddenly you realize, my God can bring a river right now, right this moment. Because he made a river, ocean, another planet. You need a river? That river will meet all your needs, everything, everything. He turns rivers into wilderness, water springs into a thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a barren salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. But then he'll turn a wilderness into a pool of water and a dry ground into water springs. And that's where he makes the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow fields and plant vineyards which yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and allows not their cattle to decrease. Now, I'm praying this over you guys. I stopped and prayed this for about—I don't want to—I don't know—I don't want to exaggerate. Probably just 15 minutes. But about 15 minutes, I took that, and I just—I just began to declare it over everybody. In Jesus' name, these people, are members, in the name of the Lord, you're not going to allow their finances to decrease. You're going to bless them so that they are multiplied greatly. Verse 39, he does all this when they're diminished and bowed down through oppression, trouble, and sorrow. He pours contempt upon princes and causes them to wander and waste places where there's no road. Yet he raises the poor and needy from affliction and makes their families like a flock. That means abundance the upright shall see it and be glad but all iniquity and everybody that likes wickedness shall shut their mouth who the last verse whoso is wise whoso is wise out here if there be any truly wise will observe and heed these things and they will diligently consider the mercy and the loving kindness of the Lord. Amen. It's a great song, But again, overall, when you look at it, I want you to catch that over and over again. Some find themselves in this position. But if they would praise the Lord, if they would praise the Lord, if they would turn to me and praise the Lord, I'll deliver them out of all their distresses. Some did this. Some are in this position. Some find themselves going through this hell. Oh, that man would just, if he'd start to praise me if you would give me the glory, if you'd recognize my loving kindness, then I'll deliver you speedily. Over and over again. But the emphasis is on those places, those verses where it says again, oh, that man would praise the Lord and confess his goodness. Confess his goodness. All day. (laughs) All day, every day. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in your spirit. Confess His goodness. Oh, I'm just going to keep confessing His goodness. I'm going to confess His goodness. I'm going to confess His loving kindness. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm doing. Hallelujah. And it feels good. <laughs> so I'm not going to stop. Hallelujah. I'm not stopping because it feels good. Praise God. Now, I want to just finish by reading some of these things, like I said, that I actually uh, got from that watching that one video about worship in the brain. Again, this is from Dr. Caroline Lee. And I should have put some of this probably on a overhead, but she talked about the difference between saying thank you and praise and then worship. And she spoke about how Thanksgiving, when you give thanks and you give praise, how both of them have a lot of you involved. You're thanking him for what he's done. You're thanking him for what he's gonna do. You're praising him because of what he's done. It's all because it's about thank you for what you've done for me. But basically, I'm cutting it real short, but worship is totally different. She said worship, and actually there's a difference. I mean, they've tracked all this in the brain, watching on slides and these incredible new machines, the neural transmitters of the brain, how they fire, how they change when people give thanks, when people praise, how these other things light up and how the whole front of the brain begins to release all these gamma rays. Now, gamma is the stuff that makes you bright. Gamma rays, the gamma proteins, are what cause you to grow in strength and see clearly. And all of that begins to happen. The brain begins to overwhelmingly fire all this gamma stuff out when we are thankful Actually, I mean, not just, I thank you. No, but when you, have you ever, do you know the difference between going thanks and going, thank you. I mean, really, gratitude. You know what I mean? Thank you that I am no longer addicted to heroin. Thank you. The moment I say that, right now in this room, you know, my brain, something is firing in there. That's for my good. That's building something good. It's, anyhow, when we sing and worship together, all our hearts beat as one. When we thank God, he listens. Now, you, you're going to have to listen here to me for a minute. I'm going to say a few things over. It won't. You know, I like to study, so I watch. So like, if, I, if, if I'm listening to a message, I watch it once. Then I go back and I watch it a second time and I take notes real notes, stopping it every time I hear something to the Lord. And then I watch it a third time just to try to bring cream on the top, if you know what I mean. But that, that's what you have to do if you want life. There is a discipline to this stuff. You don't just wave a wand and all of this stuff start happening. You do have to have a discipline or not. When we thank God, He listen, when people are actually thankful, increase occurs in the neurotransmitters like BDNF, I'm gonna explain what that means. The brain gets prepared for change. When you're grateful, the brain prepares for change, new thinking emerges, healing chemicals are released. The BDNF gene, this is literally right out of a definition on the computer, on the, on the internet. The BDNF gene provides instructions for making a protein Found in the brain and spinal cord called brain derived neurotrophic factor. That's what the BDNF is. This protein promotes the survival and strength of nerve cells, neurons, by playing a major role in the growth, the maturation, and the maintenance of these cells. So every time you're just, you praise God, every time you give thanks, neurotransmitters, they actually, you know, they show this, they prove begin to fire and begin to release this stuff that causes growth to come in your intellect and in your understanding. Just by saying thank you. I don't, you see, you're not getting it. I know, because it takes a while. I mean, just by being grateful, really being grateful, counting your blessings, thank you, thank you, neurotransmitters start firing and they start releasing these chemicals in the neurons that actually cause everything to be healthier and for growth and expansion to come in your understanding. When you praise, we know it says the inhabitants, we can feel his physical presence. Literally, as you praise God, now again, you'd have to, you, you know, if you've watched them, like some of these girls evidently watched them. you know, how she, they'll have these slides on there. But now some of the new stuff, you know, they actually have video showing the fire, the synapses, the nerves popping and doing all this stuff, right? As you begin, and the, so they have people that are actually stopped and they begin to praise God and they're watching what happens in their brain. And it says what happens when we praise, literally new brain cells pop up and grow and something called neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity occurs. Neuroplasticity, that's the brain's ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections throughout life. Neuroplasticity allows the neurons in the brain to compensate for injury and disease and to adjust their activities in response to new situations or changes in their environment. You come to a place called superposition. I I know, like I said, it's, it's, trust me, it's like, she she talks so fast, man. You got it's crazy, but uh, I'm you know, it's I, I'm just trying to share a little bit because I, I want you to go watch this stuff for yourself. But it's amazing to me when you actually find out this is physically happening right now, right now, right now. You know that you're right now, that you're thinking. Oh, what is it, what is it? Forty. God help me. I'm try to remember. Oh, I can't remember so I don't want to say it wrong. It am. Now quant- as you said it's all about quantum physics now everything and she talks about the difference how for a long long season everything was classical physics classical physics said that we understand everything by what we see. But then quantum physics came up and right now anywhere in the world scientists that are honest will tell you that they everybody considers quantum physics to be the deepest, most important science of all. And quantum, the difference between quantum physics and classical physics, classical says everything has to do with what we see, but quantum physics says no, we have to understand, to really understand anything in life, we have to understand what you can't see. Quantum physics deals with something called, it talks about how anything and everything, even 10,000 miles apart, can have relationship. They call it entanglement. That's why like when Julie was in America, Rob was in London, but I had this connection with her even though we're 7,000 miles away because of something that's in my spirit about her and something that's in her spirit about me. We're entangled spiritually. There's a relationship that will never be broken because we're entangled. That's actually something that's proven through quantum physics. Again, Please, I'm giving you the most basic, basic. I'm not doing it anyhow, like I said the other way. But quantum physics is all about energy. Stay with me just for a few more minutes. Everybody say energy. Quantum physics is all about energy and how energy works. Quantum physics then began to understand that there are what we call subatomic particles. And they know that where they're subatomic, in other words, something that's beneath the ability to see, but they began to see them through new technology. Subatomic particles create energy. Energy produces movement. They prove that there are particles. They've proven that there are some. they just simply called particles. Then they found that there were subatomic particles and they found everything else down to quarks. But then they came to this. This is the thing that they've just in the last 10 years absolutely come into agreement about. That at the very base, the smallest, the only as they go down, 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 down to the depth of quantum physics, it says the only way they can to try to understand what they see are what they call waves. Others in quantum physics call them vibrations. The smallest form of matter is a wave. Or vibration, but what it equates to is, how, where does the wave come from? Every wave comes from a force. Not Darth Vader, but seriously, everything that they've discovered in quantum physics, they've discovered that what they don't understand, what they're calling the, the God part, she's talking about how many Hundreds and hundreds of quantum physicists are now believers in God because they, what they started out to disbelieve. They found out that outside, outside, outside of the smallest measurement of mass, this which is, they call a wave, it's, they, it's something moving. It's something moving. That's what they discovered. Everything is moving because everything is moving because we're made of atoms and atoms are constantly moving interaction between electrons protons neutrons but they said for there to be a wave or a vibration there had to have been listen to this there had to have been a, a force or listen they said or a breath <laughs> there had to be a force to generate a wave do you see do you understand what science is beginning to discover God spoke the worlds into existence. He's the force behind everything. A wave is generated by a force. They first said that there are five forces, but now they're realizing that actually there's only one force that is creating energy expressed in different ways in different situations. It's just one force, but it can be energized and effective in different ways. The force generates Now, this is the part that I just want to see about thinking. There's so many of the things, my gosh. Do you know something that she said that I couldn't, I actually have a hard, I have, I don't know if I should say I have a hard time believing, but she said, Julie heard it, we watched together, the statement about the oncologist. All the medical doctors who are involved in brain science are now agreeing together that 75% to 95% of every illness known to man begins with thinking. But this is what she said that really blew my mind. All these major oncologists, cancer experts, they say She's got all the, again, don't listen, don't believe me. Just go listen to all of her stuff. All of it can be researched. She's got all these programs, all this information. The major grouping of the best oncologists, cancer specialists in the world say 98%. 98% of cancer begins with thinking. I started reading all the Bible where it says repent in the amplified Bible. Always says it says repent, change your mind, <laughs> and boy, I got stuck on that. After the change, how important? What does God really want with the renewing of the mind? Why does He tell us to fill ourselves to let the Word of God dwell in us richly, to receive the engrafted Word, which is able to save your souls? The word engrafted means implanted. And see, everything you think, she goes on to say, she talks about how literally what you think begins to create new matter in the brain. Actually, physical, physical new stuff is, jumps into creation that begins from your thinking. And how you can either be on the dark side and think all oh, this bad stuff and it keeps you here, or you can be on the love side, be over here where everything begins to manifest to the right. But it begins with your thinking. This is why, I'm, you know, like I said, about 10, 11, 12, months, I don't know how long ago, I don't know. All I know is God really hit me, and I really discovered that I could cast down any bad thought. That sounds so corny. But, I mean, for me, I, was, <laughs> I mean, to really be able all day long, I, when I have a bad thought, like you've heard me say before, I realize that's not me, so it's no big deal. It doesn't stay. It doesn't linger. I said, get out of here. You're not me. Because I recognize who I am. I'm a man of God. But the devil's out there, so he'll try to put stuff in you. But I just, I just don't receive it anymore. I cannot tell you how blessed that makes me feel. I'm just blessed. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm blessed. I really am. I mean, this is why, like, I know. I, I, there's no negativity. I know our building's coming. I know it's out right there right now. I know the people are coming. God spoke it. I know it. There's hundreds of people that have been released to come here to hear this form of teaching and to participate in this, this type of praise. They're on their way. I know it. Hallelujah. And I know where the thoughts come in. And I just, you know, the the more you begin to do this, you do bring every thought into captivity, and you make any any disobedient thought, it says, remember, to come into captivity. You say, no, 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 that's not who I am. You can do it. Every one of you can do this, and every one of you can begin to see that as you think good thoughts, These neurotransmitters begin to release these chemicals that begin to bring you. The way she said it, it brings you to your highest point of intellect. It causes you to turn and move toward the highest part of your intellect just because you begin to think right thoughts. But let me just so I'm going to finish with this. Like I said, it's too much. But because, again, all of this to me, though, I'm reading all this. And as in relationship now to music and sound, because everything, again, the smallest thing they find is a wave or vibration. But they've discovered there has to be a force for there there to be a a wave. There has to be a force to be that vibration. And that's what they can't identify unless they're Christians. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. She said the easiest way to, to, uh, to really illustrate how this is important, force generates a wave, the wave creates energy, the energy creates change. So every time, and again, you have these thoughts, a force causes you to have a thought, a wave. Now when you have a thought, you begin to feel, and that creates energy. And when you feel, the next point is you choose. Over and over again, she says, think, feel, choose. You think, then you feel, then you choose. What you choose begins with what you think. How you feel begins with what you think. So you can change how you feel. Hallelujah. And you can change what you create. This applies to everything. Again, force, look at me, force creates a wave. This is what science has proven. A wave creates energy, and that energy creates change. This applies to everything about the human body, everything about this world that we live in that God created. He's the one that created it to work this way. This truth has profound implication in everything from mathematics to science to human understanding. Force creates a wave that creates energy, that creates change. In simplest form, this is what quantum physics, the deepest science is now understanding, The implication of this is outstanding. Let's pretend, like she said, you're in the ocean. If you've stood by the beach before, you see waves are coming in, right? What you don't see is the wind, which is the force, right? The wind is the force. The force causes the wave to come. The wave has within it energy. And that when that energy, when that wave hits the seashore, hits the sand, change happens to the formation of the sand, right? Force creates a wave which has within it energy, and that energy always produces a change. Now, God designed us like this. When we begin to sing, when we begin to give thanks all these neurotransmitters begin to fire. The brain, the whole brain, she says, fires up. The whole brain fires up and gets into unison. Heartbeats, like I said, when there's several people, all come into, into synchronization. Now, you've got to keep saying, like she keeps saying, you got to remember, this is God's design. God made us to work like this. And all these chemicals begin to be released in our brain that are not released any time, any other way. The only way these chemicals are released is when you think good, but there's something, that she said, it's expository. Expository is the wrong word. What's the word? Something to the 10th power, something to the... What it's, I can't remember my science. What's it? What? Huh? Exponential, thank you. I knew Mike Powell would have it because he's a genius. When people, when they looked at the brains of people as they, as musicians played and sang, it says the force of the release of these new proteins and these gamma proteins, it said was exponentially out there. It just was overwhelmingly ma- multiplied beyond just, it was producing tons of good matter, hallelujah. Now, I know I haven't done a good job. All I've probably done is some of you just confused, But i got to tell you, I got so excited when I, because God made us all this way. We can change anything if we'll get into agreement with how he made us to live. I mean, and again, when you hear science prove it, That's why, right now, Rod, during my times in the morning when I read and I pray throughout the reading, because, again, it's prayer. And, again, like the music, intercessory prophetic music, when we sing and like even Angela, like this morning, you you see, you don't realize what's happening. Even when she stopped just for a moment and something new comes out of her mouth, like in the very beginning when we started and she really, and I stopped because of the two-minute silence, and then she just says, she really, I mean, she really began to say thank you to God. She really began to say thank you to God. And, and I could feel its force. I could feel its force. But see, I'm, I've been reading and looking and studying and praying so much about this. Again, I'm not patting me on the back, but I'm trying to say, I'm really being aware of it now. And the awareness causes fruit And I'm trying to get at, I want, see, all of us to become so aware that we're not just up here singing songs. That we're producing new brain matter that's catapulting us to higher intellect, to more creativity, to blessing. Because God designed us like this. Amen. Worship team, come on back. Hallelujah. Now, this phrase, yeah, thank you for putting this up. I asked God for a rhema because of all the study I've been doing. And God gave me Jeremiah 30, 19. I want you to look at this worship team, too, because this, for me, I want this to become part of the theme of who we are. The Lord said this is going to become part of our identity. Now, I said that because I meant it. God spoke to me and said this will be part of your identity out of us this is what we're going to covenant to do i said this is what i want us all to covenant to do out of us will come songs of thanksgiving and the voices of those who make merry and you know what god's doing he said and i'm going to multiply them and they will not be few i will also glorify them and they shall not be small now, the name of the Lord, I want that as it were tattooed upon your spirit because this is part of the identity. The Lord God spoke this to me as Ramah. He said, This is part of your identity. You m- I want this on you, in you, because it's for you. Out of them. And the, actually, in the end, what it says in there is cities and palaces, is what it says in the scripture because it's talking about God rebuilding everything that, that uh, was lost to Israel because of their disobedience. But I asked them to put CCF in there. Out of us... see. And, would you just close your eyes and make this confession with me just as a beginning? Father, we make this declaration. Out of this church will come psalms of thanksgiving. And the voices of those who make merry and i almighty god will multiply you and you will not be few i'm going to glorify you and you will not be small hallelujah somebody say amen glory be to god thank you lord we believe you've really enjoyed this message For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.